Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 495. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today, I don't have a co-host, but today is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, and uh, we are in the studio, and we'll talk Color of the Bay. Color of the Bay, to get started today, is kind of a, a, a light green. Got partially sunny, a little bit of wind. They're turning off power in California again because the wind is, is up around... 25 miles per hour and that's enough to create a wildfire so we got a little bit of wind a little bit of chop on the bay but partially sunny so i'm going to call it uh, light green uh, not dark green as as it was last week so we've been having a lot of fun on the show today we've got alan renouf he is senior product line manager and we're going to be talking about alan what are we going to be talking about again we're going to be talking about spatial computing spatial computing never heard that term before right <laughs> so i think it's super cool uh spatial computing right uh I also know that you know we, we, we used to call some of the stuff augmented reality, right? But I think you've now shifted and expanded uh, to what think, we're doing. Yeah, I think we can go through the terminology, certainly. Great, great. So Alan's in the studio, so I'm excited about that. So uh, Alan, we'll get to, get to you in a moment. But uh, we'll just talk a little bit of news, uh, what's happening in, in communities uh, right now. So uh, be, be aware that uh, VExpert Applications, Corey's not with us today, but VExpert Applications will be opening up. Uh, and again, we have uh, tri- uh, tri- example applications you can take a look at to see if you're going to qualify. Uh, if it's the end of the year and uh, you haven't done anything, you're probably not going to qualify to be a VExpert. But if you've been working on social throughout the year, this is an award program. Look for the applications, apply your apps, and uh, we're looking forward to all the new people we can get in the program to help be our, our power evangelists. So uh, the expert program will be opening up, uh, and then there'll be processing, as we mentioned in the last podcast, podcast number 495. This is 496. Uh, we're coming up on 500. We've been talking about maybe doing a big number 500. So if you've been on the podcast, or uh, you know, or hosted the podcast, or guest hosted the podcast, and you're looking to participate in our big number 500, we're going to be asking John Troyer, Michelle Laverick, uh, 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 gosh, I can't remember uh, the other guy's name who's co-hosted. I'll remember that sooner or later. We're going to try to get everybody together. We're going to also try to get Pat on the show. We're going to do a big number 500. So if you've been a guest or you've been uh, a co-hosted along the journey, uh, number 500, there are probably 250 that I have had nothing to do with that John Troyer did, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're going to be organizing that and we'll find out, find a date that works for everybody. And we're going to have a, a community podcast party for number 500. So I'm excited about that. Uh, AWS reInvents coming up uh, the week after Thanksgiving here. Uh, so uh, make sure that if you're going to be at AWS, you come by the area. We're going to be doing a makerspace again with uh, code. So a lot of technical stuff. Uh, we, we find that a lot of people that go to AWS reInvent are developers. Uh, when we scanned last year, about 80% of the people we scanned were actually developers. So if you want to come hang out with developers and learn a little bit about how they're doing doing continuous uh, integration and uh, continuous development. Uh, it's a great show to come hang out. Super busy. It's in Vegas. You can get hotel rooms in Vegas for still $350 a week uh, at the, uh, what is that hotel? Julia, what's the hotel? The Excalibur. The Excalibur has hotel rooms, $350 for the whole week. If you get a great flight, you can come in. Um, I don't know how much AWS reInvent uh, actually costs these days. I know that we get a special deal because we're doing booth, but I think it's a K, something like that. So for a couple K, you can get to AWS for the week and uh, hang out with us. Uh, we'll be running Kubernetes stuff all week. Should be an exciting week. That's the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, come by, say hello if you get a chance. Uh, and if you don't, no worries. We'll be doing live live streaming of the sessions. Uh, a lot of those sessions are repeat from VMworld. So if you were at VMworld, uh, you won't miss too much, but there are some new developer topics as well we're going to be covering. And that's it for the news. So I think we've uh, churned through everything that's been going on. So we'll now get to our topic, which again, topic is... Spatial computing. Spatial computing. Um, pretty excited. Alan Renouf, welcome to the show. Why don't we do the first three-minute elevator pitch? Uh, how long have you been at VMware and what have you done here and what do you working on now yeah sure so i've been at vmware for eight years now believe it or not yeah it seems like a long time (laughs) i've watched you grow up from a little child (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, thanks, stalker. Yeah, um. <laughs> exactly. He's my Facebook friend, and I just stalk everything he does. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, when I first joined VMware, I joined into, uh, I, well, I guess it, I did a, a stint in uh, professional services, first of all, as a contractor. But when I officially joined VMware, I came into technical marketing, working with uh, such superstars as Duncan Epping, Cormac Hogan, William Lamb, Frank Deneman, Rawlinson, uh, you know, all of, the, all of those uh, guys in the community that everybody knows and loves. So I was lucky enough to, to work with them and, and learn a lot in that team in technical marketing. And at the time, I was talking more about automation and how to automate vSphere um, and, you know, reaching out to the community because I'd done that before. Um, as a customer, I'd automated a bunch of systems and then as PSO. So, you know, coming into VMware and talking about that to the customers was the next step. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, people that come from professional services. I did PS work uh, for Sun Microsystems and uh, spent time in the field working mm. in customer sites, writing code, uh, working in data centers. Uh, it's a great way to come in because you're very grounded. And then yeah. the longer you spend at VMworld, I mean, VMware, the, the less grounded you become until one day you're doing what? Uh, I, I I don't know about that, actually. I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I, I, that's one of the things, you know, I went from technical marketing into product management. Ah, and then, right. so in product management, you're back out there with the customers and you want to stay on the pulse and understand what they're doing because right. you're solving their problems at the end of the day. That so, is true. Yeah. So, so yeah. I've, you know, I've always tried to, you know, meet with customers on a weekly basis, always watch Twitter, understand what people are saying about your product. You know, Twitter's great because you can kind of stalk in the background and see the good and the bad stuff that people are saying about your product just by looking up a simple keyword like, you know, power CLI at the time. Maybe so, this analogy only applies to marketing people. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. could be. It yeah. could be that. Uh, so, all right. So you've been here, yeah. would you say eight, eight years? years eight now, years. Yeah. So a long time. And, uh, yeah. and, and now where do you find yourself? And how did you yeah. get into this? Oh, the, yeah, the how is interesting, actually, and could probably take the rest of the podcast. But I'll give you the, the quick how. They have the cliff notes. Yeah, so, so one of the great things that VMware does in the office of the CTO is organizes some internal hackathons, which which I know you're aware of. Yep. Um, you know, so what I did um, when I was in product management was I had a harebrained idea. You know, the first time I put on a virtual reality headset when my daughter took me to our friend's house and we were playing a few games, you kind of put it on and you, you're immersed in this entire world that's that's uh, that's fabricated in front right. of you right um and and the immersion is just unbelievable and then you know the first time i was in there i kind of had this idea like what would it look like if i was actually managing vmware systems in virtual reality so that was what we went to the hackathon with was that idea was what would it look like if we were managing vmware systems through augmented reality uh, through virtual reality right so um, I put together a, a small team, including people like William Lamb, uh, Steve Trevethan, um, other people that were interested in uh, virtual reality and interested in looking at that problem. And we, at the end of the two days, we ended up with a very basic virtual reality system that hooked into the vSphere APIs, pulled down the host objects and gave you right. a visual rep representation of that host pulled down the VMs that are on that host and kind of dropped them on top of that host. Neat. So you could right. see the relationship there. You could walk up to a VM and you could pick it up and it would give you information about that virtual machine. So we had some slight interactions in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was how I got started in spatial computing. It kind of accelerated fast from there because... We, uh, we we got nowhere in the hackathon, by the way. You right. know these 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 hackathons. Nobody cares about that. Well, these internal hackathons right. are generally set up to solve hard problems, right? Right. So, I've learned that. Yeah. I, yeah. I've learned. I did a hackathon, the Borathon. I yeah. did a Borathon where I had. Uh, a Twitter share, like you could use your Twitter ID yeah. to use V. If you had a vCloud Air account, you could create VMs, and they agree were giving free vCloud Air accounts at the time. Yeah. And so, what a great way if you got this free vCloud Air account to use your Twitter ID to come in and share VMs with people. Sounds right? great to me. It, it was great, and we <laughs> built this whole thing, worked three days on it, yeah. and everybody looked at it and go. Why would you ever do that? Right, right. Because right. it's not set up for... Yeah, we had yeah. exactly the same thing. In fact, right. in fact, I remember one of the judges at the time, a super smart guy, you know, looking at us and saying, I've seen 3D UIs before. And I was like, oh, my, <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. did not get anything yeah. from our demo right, then. Right. But anyway, you know, yeah. I, I'm 
Don't let that kind of comment stop me, obviously. I'm one uh, we stopped. Uh, We're like, things. fine, nobody loves us. No, so that yeah. was the end of that. So, so I progressed it a little bit further. I took it back yeah. into the business unit that I was in. I showed a few people and they got excited and said, oh, it would be great if you could do this. Well, you also got some early that. press because I think the next year you showed up on, on a keynote stage well, with Pat. Yeah, I right? mean, so like, and this is why you don't let people stop you, right? I mean, right. <laughs> right. yeah, ultimately we ended up on stage with Pat because I did keep adding features and then, you know, this, this was first of all presented with Mark Lohmeyer in the uh, CPBU showcase in Vegas um, with Ragu as well. And then, you know, and then Mark said to me, well, what's next? And I said, well, I want to be on the main stage with Pat. And he kind of laughed. And I said, no, I'm serious. I want to be on the main stage with Pat. And Why said, not do something cool He said, like yeah, that. sure, right. I'll be your right. sponsor. Let's go to him, find right. out what he thinks. So we did. Pat obviously had some suggestions on how we could make it better. And right. then he said, yeah, I'm willing to do that, which I think is uh, fantastic for a CEO. You know, there was right. the potential to go wrong there and he would be stood there with a geeky looking virtual reality um, headset on him and nothing happening. Nothing happening. Yeah. Or everybody looking like, why, right. why are you doing this? Right, right. exactly, right. exactly. But, you know, he did, he did that and he pulled it right. off and it was it was great, you know. I think it also comes to a point where it's, it's actually good for VMware to look at things from a different perspective. Absolutely. Instead of just doing the line item checkbox oh well here's right. 100 features we can do the next 20 this year yep. next 20 next year but you never actually look at innovation right even though you it sounds like it's innovating the product yeah it's never looking at true innovation yeah, yeah. and that you know that nice segue there because that brings me into what i'm doing now which is working on spatial computing and i'll define that in a moment but essentially this is for another innovation program that vmware puts on called x labs which is, uh, uh, you know, looking at that next generation stuff, looking at that stuff where VMware should be playing but isn't at the moment, or it's a little bit further out, you know, three to five years out. You know, what, 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 what exists at the moment? What skills do we need to bring up? What, what use cases are out there at the moment? How do we build products? How do we get ahead of the curve and produce that next, um, you know, right. computing yeah. platform? Yeah, and there is, there is this idea of value prop. I get value prop, but then there's also... If your product isn't fun to use or inspiring, I'll tell you, I don't want to say fun, but inspiring yeah. and also has a clear value prop, yeah. it's it's kind of like, well, great, we made a product. It really saves you a lot of money, but you're going to hate spending your time with yeah, it, right? Indeed. And so I think there, we tend to forget that, that there is a blend of making it a pleasure to use. I think Tesla figured this out, right? Yeah. Like you want to make an automobile, you want to make an electric automobile, but you also want to do some innovation on what does it feel like yeah. to be using this on a day-to-day -day basis? That's one of the key areas of spatial right. computing, right? I mean, you're not born with a learning to you. You're not born with the instincts of using a keyboard and a mouse and a 2D monitor, right? Right. You, uh, an iPad, sure. I've seen my one and a half year old pick that up and swipe Sorry. like nobody's right. business, right? <laughs> but but that's more human interaction, right? So the idea behind spatial computing is that you are bringing those human interactions into a computing environment. You're essentially using your hands, you're using your eyes, you're using your legs, the things you were taught to use when you were, when you were born and, and growing up, right? So you're bringing those into the computing environment. So it is a lot more natural and, as you said, a lot more fun to use. Right. Just spending time managing machines and engaging with machines and doing high-scale, scaled-out work, yes. right? Where it actually can be a pleasure to do at the same time. Yeah. Right. So, so spatial computing, I've mentioned that a couple of times. Right. Why don't I tell you what that is? Because you said you said there's that augmented reality right. and right. kind of yes and no, right? Spatial computing is kind of an umbrella term that we use to cover things like virtual reality. So virtual reality is, you know, sure. for the people that are watching the video, I have a headset right here in my hand. It's basically immersing yourself in an entire world, right? right? This so is the one that makes me sick every time I do it because I'm playing some crazy shooter game. I mean, right. because you're so immersed, your body gets, a, you know, you have to be stationary if you start playing too many things at once yeah well i, I feel yeah lost. i mean that's that's one maybe of i'm the, on old tech right? no that, that, that's fine i mean that's the way that virtual reality used to be right the advancements that have been made in these virtual reality headsets now means that the refresh rate is so fast and the quality of image that you get and you're not the, getting the lag that, that, that causes the lag that anymore. absolutely okay, interesting i'm not going to say it's not going to make you sick of course there's stuff you can do in software that will well, make, make you, you sick. right that's what i discovered yeah, yeah, as yeah. long as i stay away from if i'm doing things that i'm it's more real yeah the closer it is to like what i would do with my real body yeah. the less issues i have altogether like uh, yeah. yeah yeah so so, um, so generally it's things where you're kind of moving sideways or doing right. movements right. that the body wouldn't naturally do, do. right uh, and that's because your inner ear is, is perceiving that you've actually um 
eaten something that's right. not good for you. Right. So it actually so it makes thinks you you're throw hallucinating, up. Yeah. and it so thinks, gonna, yeah, right. exactly. that makes sense. So in this sense, uh, virtual reality is the complete encompassed Correct. all across. Yeah, the, and it's not face. just about right. what you see; it's right. about having your hands in there as well. So you know, the controllers that I have here uh, are picked up by this headset, and you're able to see these inside of there. Sometimes they'll turn into hands. Sometimes they'll turn into guns. Sometimes they'll turn into whatever you need. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then the the audio is also spatial as well. So if somebody talks behind me i can look around and i'll see somebody behind, somebody behind me. Me. so right. it's yeah it's, it's an amalgamation of everything that basically immerses you into this environment and gives you a completely different world right so that's, so that's virtual, virtual reality. reality yes okay got it. augmented reality is where you can see the objects in front of you and they act with your real life situation right. so i could place a menu on my desk here and it would know that the desk is there there's a vertical plane uh, or a horizontal plane i'm able to take that i'm able to pin it to it and right. then every time i look back i can see that there on the desk right. or i can have a object or a picture right. of my cat floating in midair somewhere right. around me right? right so that's you know augmented reality is basically taking advantage of what you see in real life understanding what's there and then augmenting the it or the computer information on top of that yeah and some of the funnest stuff i've ever done with headsets is around augmented reality yeah. where there's like a full life-size body and i never knew where my liver was right but you could walk <laughs> around the whole life-size body yeah, yeah. and they visualize the organs and the liver is like a football size organ but behind your lungs sitting yeah. back you know like yeah. and i never understood that how big the liver was and where it sat but it's like because you can walk around the space you're in your living room you're you, you know yeah. it's it's putting it in of uh in your 3D space that you'd normally live in, yeah. I didn't feel any kind of, you know, you don't feel any, because your your body's moving around yeah. the objects and your body thinks you have a statue in your living room of a, of a human with organs, right? Yeah. Uh, but so your body doesn't process it, in, but yet you have this really super cool thing that's now floating in. And so it turned my living room into a multi-purpose empty space right. because I, I want to have virtual things in my living room, not really physical things. So it's an interesting exactly. technology. You, you can already start to imagine a future where you get rid of your laptop and your keyboard and mouse right. and you potentially have right. the world as your computer right. environment. I you almost went with it because you. Uh, we'll talk about Christmas in a little bit, but uh, yeah. Christmas is coming up. And, and also the, that the, if you're in the U.S., your Thanksgiving break is also, and I should say holiday season is coming up, sure. right? Uh, for those people that uh, practice different religions. Um, but in the end, we I use that as a geeky guy. I use it for like a whole week off to go experiment, right? Yes. And find something interesting. Yeah. And I usually have a little budget coming up that for the holiday season, so I'll try to buy a piece of gear i did buy the hololens a couple of years ago yep. and that's where i experienced this whole space where it's like i started using it as a desktop because it does allow you to put your yep. whole desktop but the unit was still just a little heavy on my neck right so yep. i'm assuming those have gotten better but yeah you could yeah, you could see where compute devices would just go complete augment reality and i'd be totally happy with that right right yeah, yeah. So, you know, back to spatial computing, as I said, it's an umbrella term, right? So it encompasses things like virtual reality, augmented reality. This makes sense. What Microsoft call mixed reality, uh, right. which is essentially virtual reality. Right. Um, and Even the iPhone 11 and some of the stuff that they've got in their exactly. engines kind of qualify somewhere in that. Exactly. That, I mean, people often right. forget that they have an augmented reality or most people have an augmented reality device in their pocket. Right. You know, it might not fulfill some of the use cases that they want it to do, but it definitely is an augmented reality device. Right. And right. the medical um, use case you talked about a moment ago, you could easily hold up your iPhone and see that same body in the room with you. Right. You know, not as, right. Yeah. Not that, as easy as... Or a, just a walking through the grocery store, the shopping ones where you can yep. walk through and it just it just gives you what these are, what the competitive prices are. Exactly. When you're walking, I can see racks of computers, same kind of thing. Yeah, where how you're, healthy you're is You're seeing this? data, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah. visualized right on top of the objects you're looking exactly at. Exactly, right. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's spatial computing. That's spatial Everything computing. pulled together. Everything, that. Yeah. So what are the, some of the, the hot topics that you're looking at like what are the kind of things that you're 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 yeah. addressing i know they have and i'll just say i know they have some super cool demo down uh down in uh in in the the second basement floor of our what is it our oasis space yep. so i know you 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 have some things you're working on so why don't you yeah take us through we some are working with internal it on some of their use cases they're already thinking about how they can bring virtual reality and augmented reality into the workplace and provide vmware 
workers with you know different things like campus tours so you right. can actually go to oasis which is our it area you can put on a headset and you can visit a different site you can go to sophia um and take a look around their offices you can go to oh uh, that's yeah. neat so they've actually gone through and filmed some of that just so that yeah exactly so that, that, yeah. or you can sit in yeah. the keynote and watch pat you know, in stage in front of you. In fact, one of our recent all hands that was done by Pat, he does these on a quarterly basis. Right. Um, you know, you could actually, you could put on your VR device and you could watch the all hands um, from in Pat's 3D point space. Of view, yeah. Actually, right. they had a right. camera on. Oh, the stage. really? Yeah. So you so could see could, what he's seeing. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah, really cool. It was a great way to do it. And you know, there's a couple of advantages to that as well. Obviously, right. people that are remote. They don't get a chance to come to Palo Alto every every quarter to watch right. this. So they can put on this headset and they can instantly be transported to Palo Alto, sit in the crowd or sit on the stage and watch the all hands and really get that immersive feeling of being there. Yeah, one of the one of the technologies uh, in this kind of space when you're talking office automation kind of world, right, or employee coming to work every day, the um, the beams that we got a couple of years ago, like four yeah, years ago, yeah. was kind of in that space of, hey, I could beam in and drive around and, and be free from needing to get an invite to come see somebody. I could, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, seeing those at VMworld yeah. and having a conversation yeah. with somebody on them. Actually. Right, right. It's kind of uh, but what I see replacing those now is either really good video con- or even augmented reality systems where mm-hmm. you put a headset on, you come into Zoom, yeah. and I'm in a 3D space that yeah. I'm interacting with everyone and that's getting closer and closer. Oh, absolutely. The team I work with right now, there's a couple of people in the UK, a couple of people in Palo Alto. We're already starting to use that for our daily stand-ups. You know, put a virtual reality headset on. Right, right. You're all in the same room. You see an avatar of somebody, but it is like talking to a person because you look right. at that avatar in the eye. We can actually, you know, present our Jira backlog on the screen and talk through what we're going to do that day. So it's a, it's a great way for everybody to meet in the same in the same place. And, and now I'm, I'm getting my next like Christmas that. list together. This is actually interesting because <laughs> we've abandoned the beams because yeah. we find that the zoom interaction just just having uh if you ever seen zoom it's a teleconferencing system for those who are listening and one of the views they have it's really good audio very good screen shaving really good way better than webex um but what they give you is a brady bunch view where you see all the people in little squares yeah and they put you in the center and you can look at everybody all at once and that is so much more effective yeah. than actually just having a meeting in a room yeah. right like yeah. we so we've moved to the whole brady bunch zoom we don't do physical meetings any longer right. we do them all in uh what i just call not you know desktop reality uh yeah. but i could see moving that to an augmented reality system where you would actually see Absolutely. more of a 3d space of everybody that would be yeah, also you think about neat. companies looking to reduce their carbon footprint that are flying people all over the place just to attend meetings right put a virtual reality headset on in your own office in your own house and you, you're instantly transported into that meeting. So it's really getting to the I think point it's gonna. I think it's. I think this, you could do it now. Yes. I mean, we're doing it with Zoom. We are doing it And we're it completely now. happy. <laughs> it's way better than it, it has ever been for the team inter, yeah. team interactions, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I could just see it for you guys. You've taken it to that next step. Right. I'll have to go play with some of that. Yeah. But, you know, talking more specifically yeah, about, about what my team computing, is doing. Yeah. Let's yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, our team has been basically set up to look at what these use cases are right now, what our enterprise customers are already starting to use in right. virtual reality or augmented reality, and you know where does VMware play in that? Yeah. So we're already starting to look at this, um, and you know the first obvious place uh, that fits into what VMware does is the management of these devices. So at the end of the day, this is a, a, a computing device. Uh, when you bring it into IT, uh, so well, first of all, when you bring it into a company and people are doing POCs and they're kind of working through their use cases, they generally work out really well. And then when they go to take that device into IT and IT takes a look at it and they say, what the hell is that? I don't know how to manage this thing. I don't know how to secure this thing. I don't know how to push applications to this thing. You know, what is it? So, you know, the first thing we're doing is working with the end user computing uh, team to manage this device through AirWatch and through Workspace ONE. So you can now take these units in and at VMworld this year, um, Workspace ONE team actually announced that they, are, they support a few of these devices. Oh, uh, the the nice. Pico, the yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oculus Quest. Um, and HoloLens devices you can take into your workplace and you can actually give it to IT and they're able to add them into Workspace ONE and start to manage these devices. So, you know, that's the first the first thing that's going to take them from the POC up into a supported device in an enterprise environment. So I, I got to ask you, so yeah. uh, AirWatch and uh, Horizon, is that what you yeah. said? Workspace uh, ONE. Workspace ONE. Are they going to have software views? Is this going to be like 
embedded in the product so that if I put on my headset, I'll I'll see some kind of management interface that allows me to see this stuff and yeah, so that's, virtual reality. That's what they're the saying. Mo- well, no, that's not what I'm saying, but yeah, that does bring saying. me on to what my project is doing. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's one of the first use cases we're looking at is like, what it, what it, what is that workspace? Yeah, what does they mean in, when, in when they say reality? they're going to support that headset? Yeah, what, what, essentially what it's going to pop up a VI, a text, a text <laughs> shell, and then you can run text commands from your keyboard and it shows in a, no, an so, augmented so at the moment, reality No, so it's more about making sure these are, uh, have the right security profile on them. Them, making okay. sure that they can wipe the device if it if it goes so outside yeah. of the office, okay. you know, all of the kind of mobile device management. That oh, they do so they're the managing the device itself. Yes. Yeah, not giving. Yes. You, okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. They're going to say we're going to manage this device, help you manage right. these. You have to build your own apps. We're not yep. saying we're going to build an app for you. And then yep. you're looking at this now. Exactly. So what my right. team is looking at doing is is the building of those apps. Right. right? right. It's right. looking at the <laughs> use cases first of all that our enterprise customers are doing. Good. But as we'll have something to do of, for Christmas. Yeah. I can still stay ahead of you. Yeah. Right. Now, as part of that, though, we are we have integrated our solution with Workspace ONE, and we do have a number of environments. So the first thing you'll see when you put this headset on is you'll be inside of a VMware office, the office of the CTO office. Mm. We have a couple of different environments that you can change to. We have like a retro office where you see a typewriter on the side. I just can't let you talk anymore. I'm just getting interrupted. Uh, like, is any of this available to the to, to us right, uh, over Christmas? Not right no. now. Uh, we we, do, we are looking for design partners. I mean, right. you know, obviously sure. you work for VMware. Eric, I right. can hook you up. Yeah, right? yeah, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> right. No, just for listeners. But right. for listeners, we are right. looking for design partners. We're looking for people to uh, do some testing out for sure. So uh, if you're interested, can we in run that, a community beta program? I like, if we get ten that. people Absolutely. that they want to play for Chris, whatever it is. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anybody that has not. So yeah. So if you're listening, you're getting all excited about this. There probably is a way for you to get in, and I'll help everybody yeah. organize that. Please do reach out. I'm going to play yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing you see is this office environment, as I said, right. and you see your application list in front of you that's actually pulled from Workspace ONE. So you can see a mix of applications that are already installed on the device that my company has said that I'm allowed to Until use. You, right. Um, right. That are already on Which there. would be great because I don't know of half of what they're, they're giving yeah, me. Exactly. At any given time, I never know. Right. Right. And then there's other ones on there as well. So simple web web browser-based applications like right. you would pull from Workspace ONE at the moment. They're obviously available as well. And um, as you as you use your hands, you can kind of see this menu system. You can move it around. You can scale it. You can right. zoom it in and out. Um, and then you can use the trigger button to launch these applications. So the VR ones that are on the device will take you straight into that application. There are the uh, web-based ones, which will bring up a separate browser. We have a Twitter window at the moment as an example third-party application that will bring up a Twitter window and give you a Twitter sure. feed. Right. Um, and then you can kind of launch these applications and start to work in that next-generation platform that I was talking about earlier. Um, and then the third part of that is All right, the... Stop. Workspace, we're on three. Yeah. Workspace ones does ARM devices, right? I think they manage ARM, like, uh, I think they do, right? Okay. Um, because they do iPads. And, expert, but uh, yeah, yeah, because they do okay. iPad, or, or either that or AirWatch does, right? Yeah. So I'm just thinking Raspberry Pi, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, ooh, I could see something <laughs> cool to do next. Because I'm looking for what is 2020, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. this year we're running uh, Kubernetes on Raspberry Pis as sensors and all that. And I'm like, okay, now I've got Wavefront. I've, I, sorry, i got Wavefront. I've got Raspberry Pi. I got IoT, all in these reservoirs. Now I got Kubernetes with worker nodes, all that. Uh, a visualization, you know, yeah. solution would be super cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for next year. Yeah. All right, cool. So number three. Yeah, so number three then starts to talk about the use cases that we've started to hear from our enterprise customers. I was going to say, is anybody doing this at oh, this point? Oh, so, so many people are doing this. You don't even realize. Like, huh. yeah, no, until you ask, they, everybody's hands goes up. You know, there's so many different industries and different areas that are using this. So, you know, first of all, from things like design, you know, people that are designing cars, they used to get a lump of clay taken into the factory, sure. mold that clay yep. to mm-hmm. look like the next generation of the car. Right. If something's wrong, guess what? They have to remold that clay. They have to change that clay. I always tell the joke slow. that I, someone in Cadillac Seville in, in the 90s, it had a flat back trunk. Yeah. It was weird. And I just said, somebody knocked the clay model off <laughs> and put it back up on the thing. And it just, just landed on the back trunk. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that's how they're doing it today. So, right? Yeah. So now they're actually putting virtual reality devices on where they can not, not only see the car, right. they can change the color of the car they can change the the sheen on the car they right, can right. sit inside that car they can actually see how much space there is between you right. and the steering wheel right. they can see if i can reach the buttons on the control panel if yeah. i can you know all of this yeah, before stuff. anybody has to build a prototype exactly. and all that right. and they can get the designers in there at the same time as well they can give their feedback they can right. make changes on the fly so and this is already happening in the design industry yeah, yeah exactly they've got devices yep. running they're already doing this for sure 
Um, the, another, uh, so the two use cases that we are focused on ourselves are what we call um, augmented train. Uh, uh, sorry, immersive training, okay. which is essentially right. put me inside an environment and teach me how to do something. Right. So we've been working with Dell, for example. So Dell have a, a, a number of different factories where they're assembling servers at the moment, and they need to train people on a constant basis on how to build the servers and how to build the next generation of servers as well. So the first thing that we did is we worked with them. We got their CAD models, we got their environment, and we got their instructions on how to build a server. We created a cloud platform where we can upload these CAD models, instructions, and environments, and then we pulled them onto the headsets, whether that's a virtual reality headset where I can go in there and start to train somebody, or whether that's an augmented reality headset, which we'll get into in a moment. But essentially what we've done is we have the same client for any of these devices, so we'll be in VMware, we right. don't care what headset you have. We abstract the hardware. We give you one client, which will run on each, any of these headsets. Uh, right, interesting. And then interesting. you can actually You're use... abstract, abstracting out the OS yep. Yeah, for, yep. from the device. Right? Yep, yep, yeah. potentially, yep. Yeah. Um, so you can go in there, you can launch our application, and then we can take somebody into a Dell factory, and we can give them that Dell server in front of them and give them instructions on how to build that. And as you go through the application, it gives you the texture instructions in front of you, but also gives you animations as well. Right. So as I see the server in front of me that's half assembled, I can see the fan animating up off the desk, moving over and going into the server. And then I can use my, uh, my hands to actually pick up that fan, take it over and insert it, and it will take me to the next step. So we go through building these servers and teaching people how to do this. And, right. and you know... To, to prove this out, I actually took my 13-year-old daughter through this. I put the headset on her, and she built me a Dell server within about seven minutes. So, you know, somebody with no prior experience on how to build Dell I servers. I hate the new generation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I'm so awesome. excited for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's great. Yeah, yeah all right. So, so these are cases... They're not data center cases. They're no. they're using just like people use it's AirWatch training. for iPods, and yeah. they're they're using compute technology in end user environments to yes. create things to happen. Yeah. What are the kind of the, the management challenges? Are pretty much similar to management channels of any application. Are there any kind of special things that you get into when you're starting to look at uh, virtual reality headsets or whatever device management or things that go wrong yeah you know. so some of the biggest issues you know obviously we went out and asked our customers what are the issues yeah, with are, adopting are, this yeah. technology you know mm -hmm. so some of the biggest issues are, are hardware related i mean obviously you know these are still very shoebox uh, it's like having a shoebox right. on your face. They're still a little right. bit heavy. The quality's not as as good as it could be. Although they're, if you ask me, they've made leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. Um, but you know, some of those are hardware related. This is why I'm on a three year project. It's going right. these are going to get smaller and smaller, better and better as we go along. But right. they're already being used. The fidelity right. is there right now. Well, and some as they get lighter and and uh, lighter, they're relying more on uh, data center infrastructure to deliver Correct. what they're delivering. Absolutely, right? you nailed right. it. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the areas we're looking at doing right. What does remote rendering look like? How can right. I take the compute, the GPU off of this device, run it in the cloud, and then give that back to a smaller version of this device? So that's definitely one area that we are looking at right, right. now. Right, and then and then we get into the whole glasses movement as well, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, I think somebody at Apple said that yeah, in ten more years they'll just there won't be iPhones anymore; they'll just be eyeglasses. Right, right. indeed. Uh, yeah, Apple's Funny. very quiet about what they're doing right now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I've heard several different rumors, but they're definitely going to be entering this area. Um, from the sounds of it, they are going to come out with an augmented reality device that uses the compute device that you have in your pocket right now. Right, right. So they yeah. are going to be stylish. They are going to be a lot smaller. They're kind of already doing some of that remote. Right, and then there's the, the tethering phone. back to the data center and the cloud, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that it gets Indeed. into it, so it's another payload, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, the, you know, the hardware we kind of spoke about, the software side of things, um, at the moment, creating the software for these devices is very hard. You have to go out to an agency and it costs right. a lot of money. They'll create you a single application that will do a single thing. Whereas right. what we're looking to do at VMware is create a, a platform that allows you to load your data in. As I said before, all we did for Dell is load their CAD models in, their, their instructions and their environment. And on our side, we assembled that data, that data center or that, that, that factory right. where you're in there and you follow the instructions. We right. assembled that application. That 
that same application, we put a rocket model engine in there. We put instructions on how to build that rocket engine. Right. Right. You know, we, we as, as long as you have what objects that. are movable, what objects are Correct. not movable, that kind of stuff. How do you, yeah, how, yeah. what's the flow for what your task can doing? Yeah. Then you, you can pretty much build a model, something that would yeah. harness so, that. And and the uh, you know, so what we're doing is is kind of taking a look at those core use cases that we see right. and building a software platform that enables you to build those applications on a more generic basis rather than these onesie, twosie apps that you might go to an agency for. And that's right? the weird thing about innovation. We had somebody on our show last, we were talking about innovation. I forget what the topic was. But what we discovered is that things fall out of things that you didn't, you were on one task, which yeah. sounds kind of like, okay, you're doing that. But w innovation happens where things fall out of the lab work you're doing yeah. that you didn't intend, yeah. but you find, oh, we didn't realize that this actually allows people to do this other thing that we didn't even know. And that becomes the innovation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, many times the innovation yeah. is not yeah. on the target project, yeah. but at the spinoffs of a target project. And you can't predict what those spinoffs are until you actually do the target project. To totally agree with you. It was right. one of the core principles when we started our team was, you know, this is what we think we're going to create. But when we, as soon as we start introducing customers, right. we may go completely left right. field. You, because That's we how innovation happens. Right. 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 Exactly. And if you don't put some energy into of these things yeah. one you know using your products tend to be boring and then mm -hmm. two you don't get any extra innovation because you're yeah. just doing the checklist things that yeah. everybody already knows needs to be done right? yeah so that's cool so right. I, I spoke about virtual reality sure. but i want right. to go on and, and talk about augmented reality because as i as i said before right we, we produce a single client that you can load onto any device right. including augmented reality devices so the first device we focused on was the magic leap uh, which is like your HoloLens. Right. It's got a bigger field bigger of view. Field. Uh, it's got some extra cameras on the front that allow us to do things like computer vision. So we, we focused on that device um, uh, to start with. And our same client can now be loaded on that device. And now instead of being in the uh, factory, you're actually in real life. You have your physical server in front of you. And through computer vision, we're able to recognize that server, recognize the fans, recognize the PSUs, the hard disks, and actually overlay the instructions on real life and tell you how to build that. So actually give you the animation, come up off of the real fan and go into the real server. And as you pick that up and put it in, you can look at the menu system, you can use gaze to go to the next, and it'll tell you the next step, and you can build this in real life. Nice. I want I want it to be able to tell me, I want to look at a Raspberry Pi and tell me that I didn't do Weave properly, and that's yeah. why Kubernetes doesn't come up on it. But we'll get yeah. there over time. Well, really. Yeah, IoT is, is one of those great use cases where you could potentially do that, right? You could bring up the digital model of an IoT device, right. expand that expand out, it and tell me what's wrong, because yeah, it's sure. like... Imp 50 log files later, right? Yeah. Like, and and that's what GUI apps do today. Or they try, but yeah. it's uh, it's certainly funner. Right? You, you yeah. can see my life right now. <laughs> right. As soon as I talk, start talking about yeah, this, yeah, everybody come up comes with up with their own pain po yeah. pain points. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what I'm spending. We're sh I'll, t I'll just do an aside. We're we're going to AWS reInvent. We have these Raspberry Pi. We put them in backpacks. You know, Kubernetes, master nodes, server nodes, six per six nodes setup with little mini R uh, VJ displays and keyboards. Um, all set up one table seven node work in a Kubernetes cluster goes in two backpacks mm. and then we ship them out. So we shipped some to Japan. We did V forms in Japan where they ran them and we sent backpacks. We sent to Europe. We have that. Yeah. So we have these backpacks, but now they're in transit. So my, my week next week, if these things don't come back for mm -hmm. AWS, mm -hmm. I just have to build more backpacks, which is like my Thanksgiving happy week, right? <laughs> Building out more raspberry Pis with Kubernetes yeah. and it's always tricky. And so I'm like, I just need some version. That's why I talk yeah. that way. It's yeah. like, uh, there is always, everybody's pain point of yeah. yeah could i just have this be funner put on a, a virtual reality set and sure. let it help me do my work <laughs> right um but that yeah. that that sounds neat so that's augmented reality right yeah um, exactly uh, are there any it, that sounds a little more interesting for me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. i'm not i'm i actually can apply i walk in a data center and i can look at my server racks or something and I, well, and have I, it I give me some data there's or, pros and cons to both of those solutions right. um you know doing it in, so that's one of the main questions is like people always say to me is it going to be virtual reality or augmented reality right. that wins the race and i i don't think it's they're either two completely different, they're two yeah. different use cases i right. mean in virtual reality training somebody how to build a server may say and sound like yeah okay yeah you but, can put somebody in the factory yeah. and there's no distraction because yeah. you're you're somewhere where you wouldn't you be are. and think right. about the benefits of right. that as well not only are you training them you're recording how long it's taking them to do that 
So if somebody's creating a server a lot faster than another person, you can learn from what they're doing. You can update the instructions so that everybody else on the line is creating that server, that car, that rocket engine just as fast. And that ultimately ends up with businesses saving millions of dollars on a factory line when they're, when they're building hundreds of cars or thousands of cars, right? Um, you can also train people on things that don't exist. For example, right. they're right. creating the next generation of servers right now. Right. We, you they just don't have, have them the physical in models. components. Right. Yeah. They have right. the models, though. Right. So you can train people how to build those servers before they physically turn up. So that when they do physically turn up, they're already trained up. They know right. exactly how to build that thing. Right. Yeah, so the benefits are there for both side of things. Yeah. Uh, augmented reality, uh, what's the, any, any customers doing it, anything interesting there? Yeah, so there is the training side of things. Uh, right, there's definitely right. the medical. So same um, kind of things. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, medical side of things as well. I know uh, they're doing medical surgery stuff, you know, training and that kind of stuff where, you know, you can operate on a body without actually operating on a real body. So yeah, instead um, of having um, cadavers, you have virtual bodies. Yeah, and, and with augmented reality, you can bring some of that digital information, some of those scans in, overlay it on top of the real body, make sure that you are creating that cut in the right place that you are you know, chopping right. the right leg off rather than the left leg off. Uh, you know? And again, all that right. stuff is recorded for uh, for insurance purposes, for for training purposes. You know, um, people are, are, are doing this surgery with augmented reality devices on where you have students in the background with a virtual reality device on watching them do that training. So, so I want to talk prices of devices now as yes. we transition into how you can sure, do sure. your fun uh, holiday project. Uh -huh. um, when we did the, when, when I bought the HoloLens, mm. I think it was like, $3,500, right? right? They're expensive, yes. right? They're like a, a Christmas special, my wife yells at me, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Kind of purchase. Um, and for some people, it's just out of reach. The stuff has been coming down, though. Oh, right? yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, where one, are we at now? One of the greatest things that I think happened to virtual reality is that Facebook took it seriously. Now, you know, Facebook love them or hate them. They've put a lot of money into virtual reality right now. Um, and one of the first, one of the best devices that they've come out with more recently is this. It's the Oculus Quest. All right. So this relieves a lot of the initial issues that you had with virtual reality. What this does is gives you the everything you need right here. This does not need to be tethered to a PC with a you know oh, two thousand dollars. Right, right. Because the ones GPU that the ones it. that the ones that I I have an yeah. Oculus Rift. I got the first right. one they came out. Yep. Then I got the updated ones. Yep. Um, now they've got, they've gone tetherless. Exactly. This is a mobile device. And so you use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or uh, it, it. If you don't know, Bluetooth. it's fine. Huh? It has a Wi-Fi device where it right. uses to okay. download the apps in, from the App Store. Batteries. Um, batteries all all in, the batteries yeah, in, there. in there. Everything's right. in there, and it has something called inside-out tracking. So essentially, it uses these cameras on the front here to understand where my controllers are, where I am in the room. I can set up nice. a boundary within right. the room, and I can work within that space. And then I can use those applications within there. And this is, uh, you know, a four. That was it. that was the other box. problem I had with the Oculus was you with the, the last version, the, yeah. the second version had these little things you have to stand up and yes, sense you. But we're yeah. always we bought two of them so we could play yep. by, dual games and game. But the problem is having enough space in my multi-purpose room, yeah. you know, with a. Is you tricky, don't need right? that. You don't yeah. need that anymore. They've obsoleted that. I can essentially take this anywhere. I can take this right. to my grandma's house. I can put her in it and right. she can see photos. So, you know. Um, so yeah. for people listening on a podcast and you're not watching the video stream, we do pay, post all of this camera view on facebook.com uh, slash VMTN community. So if you ever want to go back and look at what he's holding up, you yeah. can. But if you're in your car listening to this, it's just a headset with a strap on, but no tether, anything on it. Right? Absolutely. And right. it's the Oculus Quest, $400 at the moment from Best Buy. So you can just go out there, buy one of these. You can take it home, hook it into your Wi-Fi, start downloading games, applications, um, you How know, is the software for them? For is there, is there well. enough software these days? I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger as, right. as we uh, talk. It seems like Oculus, when they first were owned by themselves, they had a good library. Yeah. Then uh, Facebook bought them, and yep. they did an incompatible new version, new CPU, whatever. And the library went down to like a third, right? Oh, so well. now the library's back up where So it they've needs to come be. back again, actually. So, right. so more recently, in fact, yesterday, they announced Oculus Link. So what that means is I can take this this uh, headset that doesn't need to be tethered. Mm -hmm. I can plug a cable into the USB-C slot here. Okay. And I can plug it into my computer and use it as a tethered device. So I can now use that entire library of games that were written for a high-fidelity GPU right. with my mobile with device. With your mobile device, right. Yeah. Okay, good. Go so, ahead. yeah, all of that library is now available to you. What they've also done as well is made this device 
backwards compatible with the, t- the older the, 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 generation, the, the, the Daydream, right. the Oculus Go. Right. All of those applications you can now actually load onto this device as well and download from the App Store. So there's a wealth of information on Yeah, yeah. That's and, why I so said the App yeah. Store in ver- Generation 2 was super thin. Yeah. Right. So they have now gone to Generation 3, and this might even be Generation 4. Yeah. Uh, but backward compatible. So, okay, yeah. Cool. Good. And, and it's not just about games as no, well, right? right? It's about... The most the, interesting uh, apps for me were not the not the game ones, yeah, but yeah. just the experience. The Some experiences. Of the, one of the coolest apps I've seen um, was a presentation app. So, you know, I, I went through the pain of learning how to present and, and going through presenting to five people, 10 people, 15 people, up to the point where I'm yeah. on stage with Pat presenting right. to 20,000 people, right? right. And there's there's things that you learn while you're doing that, right? right. You have to get over that fear factor. Sure, the fear factor. I've, I've done keynotes yeah. with 10,000, 15,000. Surprising there's fear. Yes. I, I come off shaking. One right. of the great applications that I found for, for this device is you can put it on and you can be in a room in front of people presenting your content to these people. And not only that, as you're presenting your content and you're talking about it, it's using the mic in here to, to listen to what you're saying. So if you're using repeater words like um, ah, uh, yeah, yeah I do they that. actually start to come up on the screen and it says um, one, um, two, um, Oh, that's three. fantastic. So it's like telling you that you're using I these. need that for my podcast. <laughs> yeah. It has taken me two years to get rid of the number of oh, ums. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, w- I used to go in and edit the, the, and, the and, and I'd have to take like 25 ums out. Yeah, and I've yeah. gotten slightly better now. I yeah. only do a few ums now and then. And these are all things you learn from experience. Right. right? So right. the idea is you can go in here and you can start presenting. Right. And the great thing about this is I put it on, no word of a lie. It is like I'm in that room and there are people sat in front of me to the point where if you are talking slowly or if you're not moving your head and engaging people, it'll, it'll tell you that too it won't tell you that they'll actually start pulling out their phones in the crowd or they'll no. start yawning <laughs> right, and they'll right. start ignoring that's you. that's a great that's a that's that's a great app <laughs> yeah uh, it's yeah. fantastic the, the things it does and when it ends it gives you a, a heat map as well so this is where you were looking this is the areas of the audience that you right. weren't looking at that you weren't engaging All right so it's a it's a great right. so so to set the record straight oculus quest 400 bucks yeah. and if we get it uh there's a likelihood that maybe some kind of beta program for you guys will show up that will work with that yeah, device. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to do that. We have an alpha now in the Oculus store that I've been assigning to people in, internally. I'd love to push that out to other people externally and get their initial feedback on this uh, and, and how they might use it for sure. That's great. That's that 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 works. I, I like that whole thing. Um, and and I guess I usually I usually wind up a podcast at one with. Uh, so what is your 2020 goals? Like what are you what are you trying to accomplish? And how can the community help? I think we've we've talked about how the community can help. Yeah. Um, are, are there any things that we aren't talking about that that you're thinking about uh, targeting next year, or you know, you've given us a pretty good, no, good lay of the land here? My goals is always uh, to stay close to the customers to understand what the use cases are. You know, yes, this is fun technology, but at the end of the day, it needs to solve a problem, and it's the problems that I'm interested in that it is solving. And there's a number that we've spoken about today, but there's definitely problems out there that people are thinking of right now that they're thinking, oh, I wonder if I could do this in virtual reality or augmented reality. That's the kind of stuff that I want to hear and that's the kind of stuff that I want to start solving as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the application vendors do for like performance data. I've always felt like yeah. looking at my network, yep. in a, you know, because networks are complicated and what's actually happening with traffic across the network, yep. storage network. I want to get, you know, uh, the vSAN guys in and it's yeah. just like because there are these for me, as we talk Kubernetes and we talk small node computing and serverless computing, the ability to track what's actually happening right. is very difficult. Yeah. Right? And some visualization, especially for visual learners mm-hmm. right it would be nice to yeah have, troubleshooting right? is definitely an interesting use case for sure right yeah just watching data flows and seeing pipes that are filling yes. up and what are they a third half because you get the numbers on things but yeah. sometimes it's tricky just to look at the yeah. everything holistically and, enter, and going, grab that device right. pull it closer right. to you and expand it even further you can imagine right. the interactions already that you could start to use with right. these devices and then you start getting into ai and you layer ai yeah. into it where yeah. it's learning and then learning and then giving you visualization that it creates exactly right so that exactly. you could just yeah uh, nice yep. exciting stuff um you know always always interesting to to see what you're spending your time on how big how many people do you have over there working with you now a couple uh we have a small team at the moment so we have right. uh, around eight people at the moment nice yeah nice. Uh, the team's going to be growing that's, that's 
also VMware is an interesting. We'll just we'll just finish up with the VMware interesting. Mm. You know, rah rah, pat ourselves on the back. But it, <laughs> it actually is super cool that you're doing this because yeah. uh, I I'm always impressed with VMware's ability to move and stay ahead of the game, yes. right? And not be surprised. I, I we, you know I worked at Sun Microsystems where we did the opposite of that. We stuck our head in the sand. We never looked at new things. And so one of these days, Java and Spark was gone and we hadn't innovated along and that that was bad for community members because they inv you invest your whole career with technology and you you get your certifications you know everything mm -hmm. and then if we're not st it's it's actually bad for that certification investment right I agree. If, I mean, if we don't stay ahead of that but yeah. VMware you know between buying Heptios right you know yeah. doing a deal with AWS right investing in kind of augmented reality and virtual reality along with AI yeah. you see us putting the money in places that keep the investment that the community has made relevant. It's great right. to work at this company. It really right. is. I know. I know we're doing the rah rah thing right now. Right. But, but, yeah, but uh, it absolutely is. You can. Anybody can have an idea at this company, and they can right. take it to somebody that will listen. You know, X Labs was set up so that anybody with an idea can put their idea into a system. Somebody will look at that idea and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I want to take this further. Fill out this deck on what the market research is, right. how much it's going to mm -hmm. cost me, or how much it's going to cost VMware, what kind of team you're going to build, right. you know, what are your milestones? Right. And that's essentially what we did. Yeah, Emad Benjamin came in on, I think it was AI or whatever, and talked to us about that process. Right? Yeah, that yeah. He's got done exactly that and got research resources, and he's off building, uh, I think it was a... a uh, uh, cloud-based layer that allows you to build your apps on top of it, a multi-cloud, mm -hmm. hybrid cloud-based runtime, okay. right? Where you came in, you know, did the same kind of journey through and got funded through Office of CTO. And yeah. next thing you know, he's off with a small team uh, building that implementation right out right out on the, on the, on the edge. Yeah, right? we're lucky to work at VMware. Yeah, it is. It is good. And uh, looking forward to seeing more of what you're doing and how it weaves into the next generation of comp comp compute platforms, whether they're serverless or augmented or anything else. So Absolutely. cool stuff. Well, thanks a lot for coming. Uh, if people want to follow you guys, uh, you know, I know you have a Twitter yeah. handle. We'll do a Twitter shout out here. Sure. And then if you have a blog or you have an, a website that people can come uh, pay attention, what would those be? Yeah, so uh, my personal Twitter account is Alan Renouf, all one word. My last name is R-E-N-O-U-F. Right. The project that I'm working on, we, we called Project VXR, which is kind of the internal name. Okay. Um, and there's a Twitter handle for that as well. So you can follow Project VXR to understand what we're doing, uh, to catch up what we showed at VMworld, where we actually had right. That's the best way demos. to pay attention to everything. Yeah, right? and then uh, we blog on the Office of the CTO blog. Uh, for VMware, which is octo.vmware.com. octo.vmware.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Alan Renouf, uh, always a, a pleasure to have you. Thank you for giving me some good Christmas list ideas, yeah. and uh, I will take it to heart. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me at Eric and I Pro, uh, direct tweet me, a cross follow, uh, we can talk about this and see if anybody wants to have some fun with me because I'm definitely interested in trying to set something up with Raspberry Pis and mm -hmm. do some uh, visualization with some of the stuff we've done with Kubernetes. We'll, yep. we'll meet up on over yep. Christmas or over the holidays yep. in, in virtual reality. Yeah, and virtual reality. Watch a movie or play a game or something. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. All right. It is Wednesday, November 20th. We will be back again next week, uh, the holiday Thanksgiving week. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we'll see you again next week. And uh, we're trying to get the uh, vSAN Lee Car uh, Caswell on to talk about what's happening with vSAN. And uh, we'll be again here again next week. And uh, then we'll be at AWS Re reInvent the following week after that if you can swing by until then barbecue record tony foster it's coming up to christmas we'll end on barbecue have you figured out how to do a, a barbecued chicken a turkey bird i i i've been pondering the turkey i have uh not necessarily figured out how to do the turkey Ham would also qualify as that. Um, All right, I got. I've actually been. Uh, I got one trick that I heard, which isn't really barbecue, but we finished up because it's pre-lunch here. Um, leftover stuffing, right? You take it and you spoon it into a waffle grill, and you smush it down, and it crisps it, right? And it cooks it like a waffle, and you get waffle stuffing, right? Nice. So for your leftover stuffing, right? 
really isn't barbecue, but it is a supposedly amazing way because stuffing kind of gets crumbly and messy, but you put it in a pack, squish it into, and it cooks it crispy, and you have a crispy uh, stuffing waffle. So that's what I got for everybody. I will have to try that. Yep, super cool. All right, till next week, everybody have a great, productive rest of your week. Uh, Talk to you guys later.